Hello, welcome to Embrace the Grain Photography Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Sherry. This podcast is for all photographers interested in film, digital, and the gear that goes with the craft of photography. It doesn't matter what camera you're shooting, but be warned, we focus heavily on analog. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 84. I'm going to apologize in advance. The snow mold has gotten to me, so I'm coughing, sniffling, and sounding funny. (laughs) (coughs) Tonight, our guest on the show is Penny Ferris. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Hey, Jake. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. How was your week, Jake? Yeah, my week was okay. Um, Yeah, haven't been getting much in the way done as far as photography goes. But yeah, I've been doing okay. How about you, uh, Sherry? I'm doing okay. I uh, haven't been doing a lot of shooting this week. I did get my 135 loaded. By the time everybody hears this, it will be long over. (laughs) (laughs) But I got it loaded. Uh, We are recording in advance, so just so everybody knows that some of the stuff we say might be long past. Um, I've also been doing some spring cleaning of my camera gear. So, Mm. yeah, right before recording tonight, I actually sold one. So, hey, one out of ten gone. <laughs> Nine more to go. <laughs> Nine more. Oh well. How about you, Penny? How was I, your week? Oh, it's yeah, photography wise, just uh got caught up last weekend on some um long overdue film developing and got those scanned and a couple of them uploaded, some miscellaneous stuff. Uh I'd done a experiment where I left a camera in the car. For like okay. a year, for like a year, and I wanted to see, you know, through all the temperature changes, you know, how things went, and uh, I was fairly pleased with it. You know, it was, it was definitely something is like, oh, okay, I can get away with doing that if I want to, so without really screwing up the the film too bad. So, uh, out of curiosity, what film did you have loaded in the camera? It was a it was FP4 in a Pentax K1000. Okay. And I just put it in my yeah I just put it in my truck console and just kind of left it there because um, you know how you're always it's like oh I wish I had had a camera with me you know and right so I, so I, just, I, I want to kind of keep one in there and I just wanted to see how you know how would it hold up so it went through like triple digits down to like single digits so um, it held up it held up fine I didn't really see any issues from the temperature you know for the most part so. Oh, awesome. Uh, where you're at, you are in Washington State, correct? Yeah, I'm in the central part of the state. So when you say it gets down to sin- single digits, are you meaning um, really super cold? Like, do you ever hit minus 40? Um, with wind chill, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it'll, our winters run usually somewhere in the 
on the average, maybe the low in the mid 20s, the 30s. Um, but we do have usually two or three weeks in there where we're down into uh, single digits and sometimes sub-zero temperatures, especially okay. chill. Get a lot of wind. So yeah. Um, and then in the summertime we get triple digits. So we're okay. yeah. I'm in the center middle of the state, so it's um it's kind of a high desert. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um it's yeah we we get we get four seasons here. Okay. A little bit of everything. Mhm. We yep. get winter, winter, kind of winter, and a couple weeks of summer, and back to winter. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that sound about right? Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like here sometimes, Sherry. Uh, so, Penny, tell us a bit about what you like to shoot. 35, 120, large format, digital, whatever. Tell uh, us. Um, actually, I, I shoot all of it. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm definitely a squirrel in that respect. Um, but I like 120. Um, I've really enjoyed. I've picked up. Um, my, I've got some Mamiya. I got a 645 1000s, which I really enjoy shooting. Um, a C3 TLR. I really like that camera. And uh, my initial foray into um, medium format was um, a Yashica A. And mm-hmm. uh, I liked it. I wanted something a little beefier, and I. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought all cameras 120 was just 120, and then I picked up the RB67 and said, why isn't this square? (laughs) And I figured it out (laughs) real quick, and uh, that sent me down another rabbit hole. Uh, So the uh, first big time outside of the the Yashica A was my RB67, and um, I've got quite a few lenses for it. I don't shoot them often, but uh, I haven't taken that one out for a while, but... I've uh, accumulated a pretty nice kit for it, um, but I really enjoy the 120 format. Um, I do shoot 35. Um, most I've got a little bit of everything. Again, the the rabbit hole of in an unintentional collecting, I guess we could call it. Mm. Um, but I started out um, shooting Canon way back uh, when I got my got into. Got my first SLR, it was a Canon A1, and I bought that new, okay. and uh, so I've been, um, I, you know, I've tried a couple other different cameras and stuff like that, and of course now, you know, with this whole, you know, surge of camera collecting that just suddenly, magically, all these cameras magically appeared, um, <laughs> I pretty much stuck, uh, in, in the long run, it's pretty much been, the Canon A1 is still my favorite, I've got an F1 I like to shoot. Um, but I'm pretty much sticking to Canon. I've got some um, newer ones, some of the EOS. I've got an Elon, which I've okay. got, which I like because I like because I can use my EOS lenses. My digital, I've stuck with um, Canon for the most part. Um, upgraded recently. Um, I went into decided I wanted to go into um, mirrorless, and so I just kind of was dinking around with it. So I bought a um, a Fuji X100. The first one. Okay. And because I wasn't sure if, you know, I liked the EVF type thing. And that was pretty cool. I got a really good deal on it. And I always, in the past, I've always just said, you know, I'm going to buy used older cameras, the first versions, wait till they upgrade. Because I don't want to spend the kind of money on a new camera that's going to be outdated and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Reasonable. Yeah. You know, so I always wait, you know, I'm always behind the curve on that. And, uh. A couple years ago, I picked up um, 
a Sony a7 II for a really, really good price, brand new. Oh, and nice. I really, really liked it. Um, I've, I've still got it, and I, I do like shooting it. Um, I've had some problems. I had a Sigma to one, 100 to 400, and with the adapter, somewhere in there is just not liking the camera, or the camera's not liking the lens. And hmm. um, I decided this time around I was going to basically go big or go home. Um, instead of upgrading, I had a Canon 7D, so instead of upgrading to like a 7D Mark II or something along those lines, I decided I'm not going to be upgrading every three or four years like I have in the past, and I just said, the heck with it, and I bought a Canon R6. Oh, nice. So, that's that's the, uh, the top of the line mirrorless for Canon, is it? Or? I think the, the R5, I think, is. Uh, the R5, one. okay. Yeah. But this one clicks all the boxes for me. Um, I like I like shooting macro. M- macro is something I usually do with digital and not film. Um, right. Wildlife is something I do with digital and not film. I li- enjoy shooting birds. Um, you know, hopefully be able to start doing some more wildlife in the future. But um, I do like enjoy shooting birds, and the the IAF is a game changer. It just it's just nice to be able to have that ability to be able to track the, the birds in flight and stuff like that so and have more hits so that was like you know i don't feel i'm gonna need to upgrade my camera in three or four years you know i'm hoping you know this will last me a good 10 years if not longer so it does everything i need it to do Quality's great um i can use all my lenses with it and uh, i'm good sounds good awesome yeah the uh the thing about mirrorless that I really love is just being able to use, like, not just Canon lenses, you know, being able to use whatever lens you want, you know, as long as you can get an, an adapter for it. Yeah, um, and the Sony, that's one of the things I really enjoyed um, with my Sony, and I've um, I've got a lot of the M42, some M42 glass sitting around. Oh, okay. I've picked up and I've got Spotmatics and all that kind of stuff, so I've got a couple of different adapters, um, and I've loved, I've got a 35 and a 50 that I really enjoy shooting on the mirrorless. I haven't got any adapters for the Canon yet, um, so I'm still just using the Sony for those. But that's one thing I really enjoy doing is uh, using the vintage lenses on the uh, the mirrorless. And um, being able to, the EVF has gotten to the point now where it's not gross to look at. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I just was like. Sometimes I just couldn't quite deal with it early on. It was just like, yeah, I wasn't quite ready for that yet. But now right. either yeah. either that or you've gotten used to it. Yeah, but the the, the quality's just gotten better. Yeah, um, especially at the top of the line, the the newer cameras that are come out, the quality is much. The lag, there's not so much lag. Okay. If you're moving fast, no. and it, the quality's a lot better. So it's um. To the point where it's like, okay, it's, I, I can live with it now for a length of time, so I'm good. That's one thing I don't have is a mirrorless camera, and it, I'm not going to get one, I don't think. You're, you're sticking with the DSLR? Yeah, I have good DSLR, and it interchanges with my film camera lenses, and I think I'll stick with that. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. It was a hard choice. You know, I just got finished um upgrading getting getting my kit lens kit together that i wanted for the dslrs and stuff so um it was like oh do i want to switch systems that's why i went back 
didn't go with a Sony. I didn't want to switch systems because I just bought all my lenses. Right. So, you know, I've got a pretty good array of lenses in there, and I was like, yeah, nah. You know, but, you know, honestly, even though I've got it, I'm still shooting mostly film right now. <laughs> you know, I've used, you know, a few other things, you know, a few things will pop up here and there. And sometimes I just feel guilty because, like, I just bought this thing. I'm not even shooting it, so I'll take it with me. But, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm probably about 75% film. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, me with my digital camera, it normally stays on the uh, the copy stand where I use it to scan film. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's something I'm getting ready to start doing. I picked up one of those, or I've ordered one of those, the new Lomo Zilla thing, one of the new Lomography scanning things. They're new oh. one that just came out with. That's the, <laughs> like, the mobile phone one, like the, the smaller... Yeah, but you can actually set it. There's also a part of it that actually you can just use a DSLR with it, too. Okay, yeah, yeah like the, the part to advance the film. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it'll do um, sprocket. You, know, you can do sprocket holes and all kinds of stuff with it. So. Okay. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm also looking, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works. Because um, I'm using a V700 right now, but I kind of want to do the di digital DSLR scanning. So I'm going to... That's probably what I'm going to dedicate the, um, the Sony for. Use mm -hmm. it for that. Because I've got a um, 90 millimeter macro lens that I use. So I'll just pop that on there. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be perfect. Yeah, sounds like you're set. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the camera and the lens is the big part for sure. It's the big expense, at least, I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had the macro lens. I've. I like enjoy shooting macros, so um, I've had that sit around, so that'll be perfect. Yeah, that'll be perfect for film. So, uh, in the last six months or so, uh, what's the camera that you reach for most often uh, when heading out to shoot? You know, right, it's probably a toss-up between the C3 and the 6.4. Well, I can't say that either. Um, probably the... One of the medium formats, either my C3 or 645, or uh, my F1. Okay, the Canon F1? Yeah, the Canon F1. Oh, nice. Yeah, those are beautiful cameras. Yeah, they are. This is a uh, garage sale special. Oh, those nice. Are, those are the best kind. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a brother who uh, goes to garage sales and yard sales and stuff like that, and he'll send me messages and this was one of those, and it was just like, he, he came back and he says, you know, it was like, it was, had the uh, winder with it and 50 millimeter lens, and he's like, um, 15 bucks. Oh, jeez. I said, get it. Yeah. yeah. A couple minutes later, he texts me back and he goes, I got it for 11. Oh, jeez. Oh, he's two hours away. I said, I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> with cash in hand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for that price, you don't mind spending a bit of gas money to collect that one. You might Not even give them the fifteen dollars. <laughs> Not at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really. one of my. That's, but he's picked up all kinds of crazy stuff for me. Um, I've got an Exacta, um, the F1. He's nice. got a. In fact, he's got another Pentax K1000 for me sitting in Spokane right now that I need to um, pick. Good stuff. Which uh, which Exacta? Oh. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I, uh... it's, one of the, it's one of the really cool ones, though, with the, the obviously, it's the left hand, uh, with the real chrome. Yeah. One of the older ones, yeah. I uh, recently grabbed one of those so about a month ago. I uh, I actually bought one a couple of years ago, but uh, I've told the story a couple of times on the pad on, on the podcast, I'm sure. But bought one from a friend, and when it got to me, uh, it got stolen before I actually had the chance to pick it up. So, uh. but yeah, I finally had the chance to buy one on eBay for a decent price with a with a Tessar lens. So I grabbed that and. Uh, yeah, I actually just uh, I shot a test roll a couple weeks ago, and uh, I don't know, didn't properly figure out how to rewind it like an idiot before I went to go shoot it. So ended up breaking the film off inside, so that oh, was a no. disaster. And yeah, so I finally figured it out and actually finished the test roll this morning. Oh, good. So, yeah, but they're yeah. they're really cool cameras. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's just. It's just beautiful to look at. I mean, it's a, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, back in the – they used to make the cool cars in the 50s. That's kind of what mm. it reminded me of, you know. Um, it's just, Absolutely, just yeah. Just a beautiful, beautiful camera. Yeah, mine, yeah. I kind of roll through it. Um, it's got some – a couple of the dials up top. The slow shutter speed dial is real, really stiff. Um, so it's – but it, it does work. I mean, I did get some images off the off the off the film, so um, I do know it works. And I had to go buy a special film the the insert for it. You've got that 35 millimeter, I guess the spool wind the spool, up spools, yeah. a special spool. So I picked one of those up pretty cheap. But okay. It came with two lenses and other yeah, but it's it's just a neat camera. I really like that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of neat to see, I guess, what the beginnings of, uh, I guess, the 35 millimeter SLR was. Yeah, and it's fascinating to have it have a left hand. I mean, I'm left-handed, but that just messes me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are definitely not many cameras that are set up to be left-handed. No. I have a, a Zeiss Urcona two. And it's a folder, and it's a six by nine, and it's left-handed. Oh wow! And oh, nice. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually, it isn't that bad to shoot. Once you figure it out, you know, it isn't that bad yeah. to shoot. So. Yeah, for sure. Just just a little quirky. You just have to remember the buttons on the other side, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I guess one other thing with the Exacta is having the shutter release on the front of the camera rather than, like, on the top. Just yeah. one more yeah. small thing to get used to. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a quirky thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Penny, are you a black and white shooter or a color shooter? You know, more, I've done a little both, but I think I prefer black and white over um in most situations i will say that i'm a i have a thing for the the what you want to call a the portrait look um i love i just love that color palette i think it's it's just it just there are certain things that just absolutely it's perfect for um which you know a lot of things i like to shoot it really works well for um but other things yeah definitely um black and white Okay. okay 
So uh, do you develop your film at home or do you send it to a lab? Um, I've been doing it pretty much all at home. Uh, definitely doing my black and white at home. Okay, good stuff. Um, color I've been doing, but I, I do so little of it and it sits for such a short, for such a long period of time that, you know, it's like, unless I'm going to have a bunch sitting here, because by the time I, I figured out cost-wise, it's about two rolls of film to get it sent off, developed, and all that kind of stuff is about the price of a chemical kit. So that costs for two rolls. So if I'm going to do more than two rolls within a short period of time, it may be more cost effective to do it myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm not necessarily going to guarantee I'm going to get this stuff shot and developed in a timely manner. So <laughs> lately I've been sending it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the uh, getting stuff done in a timely manner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, I'm also, I've got like a couple cameras that I'm testing out, loaded up on the table, and I've got this little box that I put the shot rolls in, and it's starting to fill up, and I'm going, uh-oh, I promised <laughs> myself I was not going to do this. <laughs> so yesterday I mixed new chemistry, so we should be good to go now. <laughs> yeah, my problem is I'll sit there, I'll shoot it, and then it's like, Oh, wait, when did I get this camera? Oh, gosh, you know, the chemistry's <laughs> bad. And it's like, oh, I've got one or two rolls in here. Do I want to get more chemistry or yeah. just send it out? So that's usually the situation. I'll buy the chemistry, get one or two rolls developed, and then it goes bad before I can develop the other stuff. So speaking yeah. of, of chemistry, do you have a favorite developer you like to use? I pretty much bounce between uh, Rod and All and HC-110. Okay. okay. Um, I have done some capital in the past. Um, I've got all the stuff to do it. The one, one roll, couple of rolls I did do, I've actually got really good results with it. So I was really happy with that. Um, definitely want to try it again. It's just I've been honestly just too lazy to to do it. Right. But yeah, so I've I've done some capital, but those are my two. I started out with like Ilford. But then it comes back to the same thing with the chemistry, like, oh, stuff's going to go bad before I use it because I'm so hit and miss on, you know, when I go out shoot in spurts and develop. And mm-hmm. so between HC-110 and Rod and all, um, those things will last forever. So yeah, I don't have to 100%. worry about the, t- the time factor as much. So I'm, there's not that pressure there and I'm not going to waste my money with chemicals going bad. Yeah, that's why I initially went with the HC-110. And I have a bottle of Rodinol that's had a couple birthdays that I haven't used yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you, if you haven't cracked it, it's, it's good forever. I might you know have opened it to smell it, but <laughs> I sealed it back up and put it in the cabinet. It should be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, can always do a test strip, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's there's easy ways. Exactly. Yeah, it's just now trying to find... I want to try to narrow down my films to... Uh, you know, I still ex- do a lot of experimentation. It's like, oh, do I like this? Do I like that? And I've got a fridge full of stuff that I haven't shot yet of all different kinds of stuff. But I'm really trying to narrow down two or three stocks that I really like and which developer I want to be able to use it between the two, so... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. It would be very nice to kind of nail down a uh, 
a workflow with a particular film and developer and kind of, you know, get to know it well. Yeah, because I know it, especially in the beginning of when I really jumped back into film again, it was like, oh, I, you know, there's so much out there. It's like, oh, I can do this now and I can do this and I can do this and I'm going to try this one. And then, you, you know, somebody says, hey, you know, I did this with this developer. And it's like, oh, I want to try that. And it's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. Because <laughs> you just don't really... I found that I wasn't getting the results because I was out testing so much. I wasn't really shooting. Yeah. As I, more as as what as I was testing, so it's like my results were really hit and miss. And I decided, you know, I wanted to have better results when I'm shooting more con- and have more consistency. So mm-hmm. I'm just, right. you know trying to keep it down to. I've got two or three favorite stocks I like, and I pretty much want to kind of stick it stick with those until uh. And I decide, oh, I'll go out and do this one. Yeah, it's fun to mix it up every once in a while, for sure. It's like when I go out and test a camera, I always throw a roll of Kodak 200 in it. Mm -hmm. Because I know what it looks like. And I know, you know, okay, maybe that's a little darker than it should be. Maybe the camera needs servicing. You know, it's nice to know what the negative is supposed to look like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, I know for my testing, I went and bought a 100-foot roll of uh, EDU-200. That was was just that way I could, you know, I could roll if I just want to shoot 12, you know, 12 or 15 shots. I don't have to do 24 or 36. And I I can tailor my roll size. You know, based mm-hmm. on you know what I want to do, so you know I'm not wasting film either. So that's uh, for testing. I, I prefer doing that rather than throwing a roll of Tri-X in it or something like that. Yeah, Usually, yeah. Yeah, that's Go ahead, one, Jake. one. That's one great thing about uh, bulk rolling for sure. You can, you know, if you want to make a short roll for testing cameras, you know, I've I've done six frame rolls before, you know, just to test a camera quick. So. Does anybody remember 12 shot rolls? Yes, I miss them so much. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, come across them before, but uh, yeah, I wish that was something that you could buy, like as as fresh cartridges. Yeah, I've got some film. I may, I don't know if I've got any old film in, left in stock in my uh, fridge or not that used to be 12 exposure. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll get one, especially if my brother gives me a camera of the you know, it's got some film in it or something like that. Every once in a while, it'll have a 12 exposure roll of, uh, like, some Fuji or something like that in it. Yeah, yeah. Being able to uh, buy half rolls of 120 would be cool, too. So have any of you ever, uh, when you wanted to make your own 12 exposure, hmm. especially on a um, manual camera, rewound it back, like you've, okay, say you have a 24 roll, you shot 12 frames. Rewind it back, but leave your leader out. Load it in the next camera. Put it in the dark bag. Shoot 12 frames, and then go on. Yeah, I've done that before. Me too. No, yeah. it's a pain in the butt, but it does work. Yeah, that's an idea. That's an idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not ideal, but uh, it's a workaround, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I guess this is probably as good a place as any to take a short break. Anything else you guys want to add before we do? I think I'm good. I'm good. All right. We will be right back. Did you know that podcasting is thirsty work? If you would like to buy Jake and I a cup of coffee, you can do so over on ko-fi.com backslash embrace the grain podcast. We truly appreciate your support. Let's look in on David and Ricky as they enjoy a good time all over again, as big as life, and in brilliant, lifelike color. How do they do it? Well, let's watch and see. The secret lies in color slides. The color slides they take with their new Kodak Pony camera. The Pony is easy to use, precise, and uncomplicated. There's only one exposure setting, and this built-in guide shows you just how to make it. Then you turn this dial to close-ups, groups, or scenes, and shoot. The pony camera makes you feel like an expert, even if you've never taken color slides before. The result? Big as life pictures in glorious color. Ask your Kodak dealer to show you the color slide camera David and Ricky use. The Kodak pony camera, only $26.75, or as little as $3 down. And we are back. So, Penny, I know that you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Do you often take him out with you shooting, or are you a solo shooter? It depends on where I'm going. He's still not quite, um, shall we say, calm. <laughs> Can't always take him with me. Um, I have tried it a couple times. Um, we're working on his training still. He's, um, yeah, he's a, he's a kind of a lab retriever shepherd mix. Okay. But he's not a small dog. And his nose rules. So, um, we're we're still working that one out. I've tried it a couple of times. He's getting better, but right now, uh, we did road trips and stuff. Um, I took one last weekend. Uh, went up and uh, did some exploring and took a couple pictures. Um, did both filming a little bit with digital on that. And uh, it was it was trying to get him to just kind of settle down for a minute so I could at least take the picture was a bit of a challenge. But, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're working on it. Uh, still yes. a puppy. Yeah, well, he's three, so he's three, still yeah. he's a big puppy. Uh, well, well, uh, if it's got uh, you know some lab in them, I mean they're hyper for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it this way: mine is Lab Great Pyrenees Blue Healer Cross. Oh, she's eight. She's massive, <laughs> and she's still a puppy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T- Tucker's about a he's pretty much a Heinz fifty-seven type dog. He's got mm. a retriever. Lab, a couple different breeds, Retriever and Lab, um, German Shepherd, White Shepherd, Chow Chow, and a couple other funky things like, um, I think, Shikuku Ken and uh, Jindu. Right. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's got a little bit of everything, but he's he's definitely, you can tell he's Lab by far. 
definitely got that. Yes. Snoopy is mostly Great Pyrenees, so that's the dominant in her. But I do take her out with me, and she does run free, but when I call, she comes back. So Yeah, we're still working on that one, too. Um, working on some uh, recall training. Yeah. Yeah, because he likes to, he likes to, he's finding that it's okay to go out and, oh, look, there's a, there's a bird. There's a, there's a squirrel. There's, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, so, uh, yeah, Yeah. he he doesn't listen. So, yeah, that nose gets going, it takes control, and it's. There's no magic word like treat? No. Yeah, no, not yet. Still working (laughs) on it, trying to figure it out. It'll come. It'll get there. But yeah, I've got yeah. a long lead for him, so we're doing some long lead training and you know, trying to get him in that mode. So, right. Okay. So, uh, has there been anything in particular lately that's been inspiring your photography? Uh, be it a new photo book, uh, discovering a new photographer, etc. Ah, you know, the only th- the only thing that's actually kind of got me. Going back to, we have a kind of a Facebook group, you know, for Eastern Washington type thing. Um, mm-hmm. And somebody had posted a picture, and I can't remember if I showed, I shared it on your guys' website or not. I have this thing for um, kind of like abandoned playground equipment. Okay. And I kind of want to, that's something I kind of want to do, put enough together, hopefully where I could be like a little zine or something. Oh, cool. And uh, I found this is like an old merry-go-round, mm. and it's Ooh. in a ghost town, Ooh. and it's like still intact. Nice. And so oh. I was like, that was last weekend's trip. It was like, okay, we're gonna burn some gas for this one, because it was about <laughs> three hours from here. And uh, but it took, we just took the day and went up there, and um, I actually need to finish go exploring the ghost town. But yeah, that was uh that was pretty cool. Found it and. Got some pictures of it, and I, I, I guess I can't remember. I think I posted one on the fa- on your guy on the um, Facebook group on the Embrace the Grains. So we'll have to let's go back and double check and make sure I did. Uh, but that yeah. was cool, and it was. I mean, it's wooden. It's basically wooden chain um, held up by chain, and it's wood on the the seats. And I don't know what the year. I have no idea what the vintage is on that. Um, I found that something similar, I had to do a search and make this like, is this really a merry-go-round? Because that was my first thought. And then I had to kind of like do a little bit of an image search to actually say, okay, yeah, that is actually a merry-go-round of some sort. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that it's still intact and not destroyed and names aren't carved into it or anything else is just amazing. So it's like, wow, okay, this is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You could definitely burn a lot of film going to a spot like that, an abandoned uh, town. Yeah, and uh, in fact, coming home, I uh, went through a town I hadn't been through. I like doing, the, I like small towns. I like going through, um, you know, these small, little, tiny, half-empty towns. Um, mm. uh, there's just something about it. That, there's just some character there that I really enjoy. I came across couple of them going through there i have never been to so i was like okay this is cool so you know i i would this is where you know it's like i left tucker in the back seat walked around a couple blocks you know and then took him for a little walk and then we walked around and you know i was able to get some more pictures 
Um, but yeah, I got cut some interesting stuff there too, because you never know what's gonna be sitting around the corner in those places, in the small That's tiny true. towns. You know, it's the, the old trucks, rail cars, um, hmm. stuff like that. It's just you know old because so many of these buildings and a lot of these small towns, they're those are turn of the 20th century, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah. And uh, so there's really a lot of history there, um, a lot of character. And it's something you just don't see in the city. And it's, it's, I love shooting that stuff because you never know what's going to be gone, too. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. Exactly. So um, I hear recently, Penny, that you had a gas attack. Can you tell us <laughs> about this? It would be, I don't know, what a couple uh, months ago. Oh, yeah. See, there was a... Besides, besides the R6, the a couple, well, yeah, it's, about, it's been a good month or so now. Um, guy on eBay had, um, actually it was Craigslist, had some cam, Canon camera equipment, had a FT and a FL1, I think. I have to go look now. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So he had those, and I saw the box. It's like, you know, he wanted, you know, pretty decent price for everything. So I drove out there, and turned out it was his father's. His father was a photographer, and he passed away a couple years ago, and he's finally just, you know, getting rid of the stuff. And in this box was just, there was three camera bodies. The A1 is shot. Um, I may use that as a, I'm going to play with it and see if I can take it apart and fix it kind of camera. Um, The FL and the uh, FT. I think it's the FL1 and the FB. I think. Those were pretty clean looking. Um, quite a few lenses. I mean, there's there was a couple of 50s. There's a 28. There's a 35. There's a 50. I think a 135 in there. Two flashes. Tons of filters. Stuff I'd never seen before. A couple of... Um, like tripod clamp type tripod clamps, um, like a C clamp. That's really a tripod. It's got a tripod mount on it. Um, just all clamp. kinds of miscellaneous stuff in this box. So I just, I didn't even dicker with them. I just gave them my money. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, there were some quirks with them. The, apparently the, um, the one that the FL was, um, it's notorious for uh, the battery door being trashed. And this one was fine. It was all intact. And, you know, we checked it out when I was there, and it looked it takes AAA batteries, which just excited me to no end because it's so hard. You know, no special batteries there. Dropped a couple AAAs in. It'd be good. Got it home. Put, put the batteries back in it. Went to do that. Opened the door, but it blew up on me. <laughs> it was just like, oh, <laughs> oh what is yeah, this? Yeah, darn. The plate, the the metal plate for the contact, it's held in there by, I guess, some plastic that kind of gets smooshed down. You know, it's kind of like mushroomed. Right. And that's what holds the plate in. Well, I think it just kind of went, they gave up the ghost on that. And so Aww. I opened it up and everything just went, boing! <laughs> you know, and I had this little spring took off and the plate went off. It's like, okay. So I could got it back together, but I couldn't get the latch quite to fit on it, so... But it does work. 
if I can just find a way to keep that door shut, yeah. uh, it does work. That's what gaff tape's for. Yeah. Definitely have to get some, because what I've got isn't working. <laughs> and then um, the FT is, um, I had to buy, buy a battery for it, which I did get. I had to order because it's like a 625 button battery, mm-hmm. which I could uh, yeah. find locally. So I went ahead and ordered one, and um, I've actually got a test roll in the camera right now. See how that goes. Um, but yeah, so um, the, the lenses have got like some loose barrel issues, but I'm hoping that maybe that can get then get that fixed up. Um, because having that trill that series, that complete series, and they're both FD and FL lenses. Nice. So having that complete series, 28, 35, 50, and 135 is beautiful. Just made me happy. You so. are all set for the 135 challenge. Yep. And actually, I've got yeah. a, uh, and I've got a, I've got a Pentax 135 in here too. I think it's Tacumar. And I'm not sure. I think it may even be an M42 mount. I'll have to check on that. That's what mine sure. is. I'll think, I'm gonna have to check that because I was thinking, you know, I, was, I remember you, especially on the last episode, you were talking about the 135 challenge. I was thinking. You know, maybe I'm going to do that because I'm just like, I get intentioned in my head. It's like, oh, I could do that. And then poof. And it's like, oh, darn. <laughs> I missed it. So good intentions in my head, but it never gets out of there sometimes. It it, it happens to the best of us, yeah. I'm sure. It certainly does. <laughs> That's the story of my life at these days. <laughs> So, uh, is there a particular camera or piece of gear that's on your radar? Maybe something you're looking to pick up at some point in the future? Oh, uh, the only thing I've kind of been, been on the on the film side, the only thing I've been kind of wanting, just because I think it's a cool looking camera, is the the Bronica S2, the one that looks like a '57 Chevy. It's got like okay. in it. Oh, I I've... just a beautiful i just like it looks of that is just a beautiful camera if i can find one that's working i'd shoot it i'd shoot the heck out of that thing i've got one that is the um cheaper version it's the c series Mm. and it's all chrome it looks like it looks like a hasselblad but it's not it's a bronica wow yeah that's one i've kind of been toying sorry it's mechanical too so there's no batteries oh nice Cool. I find that I do like mechanical. That's one of the reasons I think I want to hang on to my F1. Is mm. because it's all mechanical. Right. You know, For sure. Um, and that's nice about you know some of the other ones, even though you know, some of them may need a battery for the meter, if you can use them mechanically without, even if you don't have a battery, you know, Sunny 16 it or use a light meter. Exactly. Uh, you know, because that's like the A1... And any of those, you got to have a battery. Those mm-hmm. two I just picked up. In both cases, I got to have a battery, yeah. which is kind of a bummer um, because the because um, one of them's got some. If you open it up and you look at the mirror, it's got the funky matrix-looking thing carved into the mirror, which is part of the uh, I think it's part of the metering system. Kind of okay. wild looking. Kind of wild looking. That sounds fun though. But yeah, it's cool. I was like, wow. You should definitely get one of those Bronicas because I think the price is actually going up on them. Yeah, yeah. 
I've mm-hmm. there uh everything's going up unfortunately. I know. There's not too many too many good deals out, you know, when I bought my so I bought my RB back in 2000 I want to say 2009. Yeah. Or 2010, probably 2010, something like that. And that, I, th- I paid 125 for it then. Wow. And that was with a couple of lenses. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I've looked at the prices of those. I was like, oh. Glad yeah. I had it. And I'd picked up some 4 by 5 monorail. I've got three monorails sitting here. And I How got nice. one of them cheap at the time it was both felt all three of them are the the calumet um i guess they must have been like a student because i sure do see a lot of them i think they must have been like a student four by five or something like that but uh yeah, yeah. I oh up... go ahead sorry oh i was gonna say i picked one up and then turned around and was able to pick up two more for like almost nothing um, some guy was getting rid of, he was using them, he was experimenting with them. So, um, yeah, I suddenly, you know, for the price I picked them up for, it's like, now suddenly I've got three of them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it's like, I don't shoot those because I've got a Graflex and I've got a Chroma. <laughs> it's like, eh, those don't get used much. Yeah, the, uh, the monorails are a bit unwieldy in comparison. Yeah, I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to take a hiking with me. <laughs> yeah. Pro- probably just, a bit heavier too yeah definitely heavier um, yeah and I was happy that I jumped into the Graflex and I was like oh this is so much nicer um, but I really wanted a field camera so I picked up a Chroma so I've been I've taken a couple of test runs with that out there I need to get on that and get it out into the field a little bit more so this all leads perfectly into the one and only question we had on the Facebook group, and it was from Billy Sanford. He asks, uh, before all of the new film was announced, I asked the group what new film they'd like to see, and you mentioned Double X and Acros in 4x5. What do you typically use for 4x5? Right now I've got, let's see, I think in black and white I've been using some Ilford. I think I've got um, I've got some FP4. I've got some H. I think HP5. Okay. And I've got a big box of Tri-X that I haven't cracked open yet. When the prices went up, I bought a big box <laughs> of Tri-X <laughs> for four by five on that one. Um, and I've because I've got I've also got a um, I've got some old color film in there that I've got that I've been picking up but I've got a uh, I've got three and a quarter by four and a quarter also Graflex um so okay. I've accumulated some film for it as well um and I've got some on the some of the, the when Ilford does their special cuttings once a year I picked up right. a couple boxes I picked up a couple boxes there um but I've Isn't got that... some I think the rest I've got I think I've got some Arista EDU because I just don't have my chops up so I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on you know, on films that's more experimental at this point because I just really haven't shot it that much. Right. Um, so mostly I've got some Arista EDU that I've used. Um, 
for my black and white. And uh, I've got some portrait in there I haven't shot yet. So, um, but yeah, because I, I love using the, uh, the, I love the double X. That is just a beautiful film. And I would love, I love especially in 120, I love that. And I would love to see it in 4x5. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Sinistel will do that at some point. Yeah, that would be, that yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, because I know they're doing 4x5 on their new stuff, right? Uh, 400D, I think I saw on their on their yeah. Kickstarter or yeah. whatever it was. They hit their goal the other day, so I guess congrats to them. Yeah. 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 You know, and Acros is a, that's a, I shot a little of that just before they started shooting it, just before they um, changed their um, formula and went to the, the Acros 2. Um, and that was a film that I really like it especially in 120 um and what i find that i don't know i just seem to like the 120 versions a little bit better than the 35 versions in a lot of respects so so i have to ask you which one did you like did you like version one or version two or did you find them pretty much the same you know i haven't really done much of a side by side um to compare to me they're you know for what i've shot i've been happy with the results from both of them so, yeah. Yeah, I don't get, you know, it's funny because I don't really get all that crazy and, you know, picky about it if I see something I like because it just kind of depends on the scene and, you know, how it comes out. And uh, sometimes I'll say, well, oh, maybe that didn't work so much or anything like that. But I'm not thinking, gee, should I have shot this film for this or should I have shot this film for that? It's just, this is the film I got. This is what I got. And this is what I'm going to get. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. And if it's not, you know, anything, you know, I'm really happy with or something, you know, not that I have ever messed anything up developing yeah, or anything like that, um, it would be, uh, it's like, okay, this is going to be an art project. So I start playing with it in Photoshop and see what I can do with it. That's plan B, right? Yep, plan B becomes an art project. <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, I guess we've kind of went through all of our topics. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Penny? Mm, not that I can think of, of course. Um, you know how it goes, you know, two in the morning. I'll probably wake up and say, oh, man. We should have <laughs> talked about this. Yeah, that. Oh, well. Oh, well, I'll throw it on the Facebook group if I remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> At two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, where can people find you online, Penny? Oh, um, Instagram. Um, F stops forever. That's F stops dot forever. And then I've got a uh, Flickr account, which I occasionally jump on. Um, I think it's under Penny F and Pixel Geek. If I, I can't remember if I changed that or not. I think it's, you'll find it in our penny app. Um, and the Facebook groups. That's about it. Okay. Cool. And Jake, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Jake Rose Photo. And you can also find me in the Embrace the Green Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And you can find me on instagram at sherry christensen photography 
That's S-H-E-R-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N photography. Yes, it's long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can also find me over on the uh, Frugal Film Project 22. That is one of the groups, and it is the one with the pink Pentax on the cover. Um, so another thing that I'd like to mention is if you would please give a minute to give our show a five-star rating if you enjoy the content. It really helps others find the show. As always, we want to hear from you. There are two ways you can get in touch. Record a voice memo on your smart device and send it in via email or send us a plain old email. Jake, what's the email for the show? It is embracethegreenpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Also, we have a hashtag on Instagram. If you would like your uh, work featured on our page, what is that hashtag, Jake? It is hashtag embracethegreenpodcast. Awesome. So... Everybody stay positive and embrace the green. See you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Penny. Thanks for coming on, Penny. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. Down or down, too. Otherwise, it's going to be really obnoxious. Down, Becker.